Hi, this is Ed Asner, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Come praise the Lord for he is good. Ed Robertson, for a reminder that we'll play highlights of our conversation with Steve Bender in our second hour. Steve Bender, producer and director of the Elvis 1968 comeback special. We'll also play a clip from our December 2018 conversation with Wink Martindale, which Wink shares a few memories of his dear friend Elvis Presley. We hope you stay tuned for both those segments. In the meantime, Chuck Carter is with us as we continue our special tribute to the life and music of Elvis Presley. Chuck produced the acclaimed three-part documentary, I, Elvis, for hard copy back in the early 1990s. As a result of that project, Chuck got to know several members of the Memphis Mafia and obtained firsthand authentic Elvis knowledge, and he's sharing some of that knowledge with us tonight. You mentioned The Trouble with Girls. I'm trying to remember, was that the movie with Marlon Mason? Yes. Okay. Marlon Mason has a great remembrance of working with Elvis Presley in The Trouble with Girls on the Elvis Australia website, which, as we mentioned, is a, it's a great resource uh, if you're an Elvis fan. And she tells a story which brings to mind something else I know about Elvis, is that if he liked you, like uh, Chuck, Chuck right now is wearing a beret, because sort of, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, okay, or he's wearing okay, he's wearing a black cap. It looks like yeah, a beret, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a black cap. That's right, man. I'm wearing a cap, man. So and he's wearing a burgundy collared shirt. So if I were Elvis and I was meeting you for the first time and I'm connecting with you, I wouldn't call you Chuck. I'd call you Cap. I'd call you Burgundy. Uh, I'd call you something because, you know, Elvis liked nicknames. And with Marlon Mason, I mean, he always called her Cap during the during the production of Trouble with Girls. And I'll add to that, I just saw this on YouTube the other day. I don't know what talk show it was, but Goldie Hawn is being interviewed. And Elvis was a big TV fan. Elvis loved to watch TV. Um, one of the Memphis Mafia would mark his TV guide of suggested shows, and Elvis really liked to watch television he was also like to watch uh, football games and things but he liked television he had favorite shows and he liked laughing because it was a very popular crazy funny show and he thought Goldie Hawn was just it so Goldie said they were on the set of laughing at NBC and I guess he was filming the special at NBC and he came on the set and saw her and she's talking in the interview and she was oh my god he was incredibly handsome and I couldn't believe it and he was coming up to me and he got my hormones going and he was so <laughs> sexy and, and the host is saying were you turned on oh yes I was and he and she said he went up to her and he ruffled her hair and he called her chicken head <laughs> yeah you're chicken head I've seen you on that show you're funny baby ha 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 so I I in the course of doing this program, I've had a chance to talk to a few actors or actresses who worked with Elvis in one movie or, or another. And the consensus is, besides he was a good actor when given the chance to act, he was incredibly well-mannered. I mean, uh, Julie Adams described him as a good Southern boy, meaning he, yeah. was, he was polite. It was, the manners of the upbringing of his mother was very – I mean, Elvis was a gentleman. Uh, with the people that he worked with. Yeah, I would say so. Um, also, with that said, um, Elvis was a Southerner, did have a temper, violent temper, and would always have his sort of freakouts behind closed doors. Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis, 
uh, was out in the open everywhere. So Elvis was very aware to maintain the image. And there's an interesting clip when he played Madison Square Garden in 72. It's, he had a rare press conference, and someone asked him about the man and the image. And he says, well, the man is very different from the image. And uh, sometimes it's very hard to keep the image up. So that's true. But he was, in his, he was a really nice guy for the most part. And he, that's why, plus that's why he had the Memphis Mafia, because the Memphis Mafia would make sure that, you know, the image stayed, you know, prominent. You and know. bones were broken and threats were made, <laughs> but we won't go there. We will not go there. We won't go there. We will not but go no, there. But no, no, Elvis was a good guy and, you know, in some ways probably too nice. But one thing to remember is Elvis was part of a twin that died at birth. And I've read that many people who lose the twin at birth always feel a connection to that dead twin but also feel kind of inadequate or not fully formed in a way and that kind of hurt his uh, confidence also and and i think this is true elvis was a big comic book fan mm -hmm. as a kid he loved captain marvel jr who had the the curl in the front of the head had the high collar the cape and everything and so there really was two Elvis Presleys, the public guy who performed, who was Superman, and then the private guy who was kind of insecure in a way and had to surround himself with the Memphis Mafia out of a bit of fear. And also early in the 50s, he would be attacked and have his clothes ripped off or teenagers, you know, would almost rip the, the doors off the limos screaming, you know, and that's terrifying. I mean... This is slightly off topic, but I talked to Bill Wyman of the Rolling Stones once, and he said in 65, he and Mick Jagger and Brian Jones were in the back of a car coming out of a gig, and about a couple hundred teenage girls descended on the car, and the roof was starting to cave in. So the three of them are on the back seat with their feet up against the roof, trying to keep it from caving in. And just as the driver started to pull away, they ripped the car door off. This is a limo car door that 14-year-old girls amped up, ripped wow. off. That kind of hysterical mob has to affect any performer. Sure. And I think in Elvis's case, you know, later when I said it was business as usual, they handled it. Uh, the famous Elvis has left the building. They, the minute he had sung I Can't Help Falling in Love, out the back door, into the limo, zoom. They were out of the auditorium before most, most people even knew what had happened. And that let's just play it safe because hysterical fans. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. It's interesting you mentioned that he particularly liked Captain Marvel Jr. And I'm thinking aloud here, which is always a dangerous thing. But if I remember correctly, Captain Marvel Jr., his true identity was Freddie something. And Freddie, I think, was uh, crippled or he, ha he had some sort of disability. So he needed crutches all the time. When I he, when, remember that. I mean, it speaks to the duality that, you know, yes, behind the image he saw, there is a little frailty behind the scenes that he would only reveal to people that he absolutely trusted. Which was... The Memphis Mafia, Priscilla, dad, he had a grandmother who lived at uh, Graceland Dodger. as well. Dodger. 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 Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's true. So, 
But again, the, the good so far outweighs anything in, in the bad world of Elvis or him. Way, way more good in everything. As a man, as a person, as a singer, as a performer, as an artist, great artist. Um, that the kind of negative things which, uh, shall we say, crude comedians might still propagate, let them, let them say their thing. Uh, Elvis endures, and Elvis will always endure, and Elvis will always be a symbol of America, a symbol of success where somebody dirt poor could make money and success and fame, which is the American dream. And uh, he will always be remembered, and it's going to be real interesting, TV Confidential listeners, to watch the press reaction to the new Elvis movie and say the month after it comes out and uh, everybody go see it. But you watch, there'll be new articles on him. There'll be new articles on the phenomenon on his rise in the fifties as a rock and roller on, uh, on everything. And that's great. He'll, he'll come back. Same, same. I mean, Elton John's always been with us, but rocket man didn't hurt him. And Bohemian Rhapsody, where the guy won the Oscar playing Freddie Mercury, that sure bumped their catalog mm-hmm. up. Um, a while back when Val Kilmer played Jim Morrison in the Doors movie, same thing. So it's all good. You know, these new movies maybe help younger people become aware of great talents that they're not used to because in their world they have, you know, they're shown their own younger talents, and now they can see the greats. And again, I go back to 12-minute standing ovation from the audience after the first screening at the Cannes Film Festival. For uh, a movie, not a live performance. For a movie, not a live performance. And uh, that just underscores how viable Elvis still is and always will be. I'll tell you something I saw on YouTube that I thought was quite wonderful. This is a year or two ago, or when I saw it anyway. Marie's The Name, His Latest Flame is a great single from the early 60s, really bouncy single. And it was a remix. Somebody had added percussion. And I never knew this existed, but among teenage girls, there's something called shuffle dancing, which is really cute. I, I can't even describe it, but it's <laughs> they sort of bounce and skip and jump around. I don't know what it is, but it's wonderful to yeah. see. And so it was a bunch of shuffle girls dancing to Marie's The Name, His Latest Flame by Elvis. Hopefully they were actually hearing this tune and they weren't shuffle dancing to some something else. And since there's been a couple of other Elvis songs that people have added modern uh, instruments to, and the girls are shuffle dancing up a storm. And I thought, they all look about 14 or 13 or 15. That's great, you know, that they're still... Dancing to Elvis, he endures. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain. 
at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.